Welcome to GHC Building Leaders Podcast, a podcast by teens talking about world problems. In this podcast, we will be discussing issues that affect our community, like poverty, injustice, racial inequality, and immigration. Our first segment, Crisis at the Border, will discuss the history of the border and its effects on our families and communities. Through research, community testimony, and personal experience, we will expand your understanding of what is happening at the border. Like, share, and subscribe to get informed. Welcome to the second episode of Building Leaders Podcast. In this episode, we will be interviewing two adults who have different stories about how they immigrated here from their own country. This is a clip of our teens interviewing them. Like your experience, or like if you have any family members who have been through um, yeah, so my experience is very personal. Um, my family migrated here when I was about one year old. Um, so it's personal to me because I keep seeing a lot of um, children at the border in cages like we discussed. And I that was my experience. When I came, my parents, um, it was easier to cross the border back then. Uh, like Fallon said, there wasn't a wall, there wasn't a fence. Uh, my parents tell me that they were carrying me on their arms as they crossed through like a small river. It wasn't anything dramatic. And then once they got to the other side, the United States side, there was a car waiting for us. Um, so my experience has been a little difficult to kind of relate with what's happening right now because it was easier for my family to cross over. Um, but it's very personal because I just think about being in those uh, centers where detention centers where these kids are being held and separated from their families. Um, I'm thankful that we didn't have to go through that. And it was a lot easier for me to get here. You're the oldest, right? That was like my question. Are you the oldest? I'm not. I have an older sister who was born in Mexico, myself, born in Mexico, and my two younger siblings, they were born here in Chicago. So you, so like the question would be like you and your older sister went through it together, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was my parents who were like 20, 21 year old, years old. And then me, I was one and my sister was probably like four. Uh So they had two babies crossing the border with them. And they were kids themselves. They were really young. Mm-hmm. So my parents um, were able to file um, for me, for themselves, and for my sister and I to become citizens at the age of like ten or eleven. Um, so I actually didn't really have too much of like a difficulty growing up being an immigrant because at that age I didn't really know too much about what an immigrant was. Um, and so I was like in middle school and people would ask me like, oh, where are you from? Where were you born? I'll tell them I was born in Mexico, Mexico City. They're like, oh my God, you're not from here. How did you get here? So I was looked as a criminal when I was in elementary school, middle school, you know? Um, and I had never experienced that because it had, it had never been an issue. I grew up speaking Spanish at home and speaking English at school. So it was never a big of an issue until I started coming into like, uh, older age and people started kind of um, labeling me being here illegally. Uh, Xavier, so what was, what has been like 
So I don't know if you have gone through it like as I were, or if your family has gone through this, uh, or if you're, you have any other brothers, younger siblings, or older siblings that have gone through it. What was there or your your experience crossing? My experience was actually different from uh, uh, Sahira's. For me, um, we were actually we actually had the opportunity to come here legally, uh, thanks to my grandpa, my grandfather. He has he's been living here for over fifty years now. So I was actually born in Ecuador, and um, I will say around the year nineteen ninety nine. That's when. Um, my mom broke the news that, hey, we're actually leaving Ecuador, you know. <clears throat> so we went through the ordeal of, you know, like just going to the consulate, getting your visas, getting your papers, everything right. So in that matter, I was fortunate enough to arrive to the U.S. that way. Um, but in my experience, as a, you know, like just being born there and just not knowing English and just kind of like just... Uh, you know, learning, you know, going to school, eighth grade, seventh grade, high school, you name it. Um, that's when it was like more challenging for me. And then I started to kind of like relate of the other immigrant kids that, you know, I started to meet. Um, of course, not all of them, because, you know, like most, like the majority of you guys, you guys are born here, right? But um, it was it was a good experience, I will say. Uh, and sometimes a little difficult because, you know, the the, the language barrier. But I think I overcame that over the years, you know, like just going to school, meeting people, meeting, you know, meeting friends. Um, but that is, you know, in short, that's that's my story. It's the same thing with my brothers. You know, I have two younger brothers and uh, we all came here uh, the same way. Citizenship wise, though, that was a little different because for me, I actually became a citizen when I was in college. Um, I went to Columbia College, Chicago. And at one point it was difficult actually, actually for me to access or register for classes in college because they would not when i was in process they would not recognize me as a citizen nor as a resident so that was a little difficult for me but um <clears throat> i think with the help of my parents and you know the lawyer that we hired and everything i was able to get through that so um so that's my story my experience so like a quick question like how old were you when you um when you crossed like over here legally and like do you have any like memories or any like visions of you back then uh remembering this time and how your experience was yeah i was actually 12. i was 12 years old when i moved here do i have memories lots yeah i still remember uh you know everything just obviously leaving my country just being new being totally culturally shocked when mm -hmm. i came here because you know like there's just so much diversity when you come here you just meet people from all over the place um but yeah, that's, I guess that's, uh, that was my experience. I still have like fond memories, you know, and I haven't been to my country in a very long time. Um, but uh, I still have family, so it's good to like, you know, just talk to them. And now that social media exists, you know, that now we have to. Living here, my family, the majority of my family lives here, but um, I would love to go visit, you know, just vacation, visit my family, friends. I still have friends like from grade school that I talk to every once in a while. So, yeah, it'd be good to kind of like go back and just see how everyone is. Uh, so, uh, so, like Xavier has mentioned that his uh, coming into the United States or here, he met like a, a lot of diversity people and like different, like different type of people from around the world. So, like, what was we talked about your experience coming here, but like, what was your feelings or like some experiences or like rough experiences, fun experiences that you have had here? Like, what were your 
Because like I've said before, everyone is like unique and have mixed feelings. So like, what were your feelings when you came in to be like noticing like, wow, dang, this is like totally different from my people. Well, you were young. Mm -hmm. You weren't like, you weren't yeah. like very like, you didn't really like recognize or like know more, a lot of your life back mm -hmm. in Mexico. But what were your feelings coming into and yeah. your experiences? Right. So I grew up in Pilsen here in Chicago. So it was majority Mexican, not even like Latino and Hispanic. It was all Mexicanos. So it was a lot easier for my family to to be able to kind of like um, merge into the American society because this this community was so Mexican American. So all everyone in the stores, everyone outside um, spoke Spanish. So it wasn't too difficult, I think, for my family in that sense. Um, but in middle school, I moved to Indiana, like in the country, deep in the country. There, there was like a total of like maybe 10 Mexican students in the entire school. So I, came, I went from a whole Mexican Latino community to all white community where I was the only brown kid there. Um, there I experienced a lot of racism just because of the color of my skin. Um, if me and like the rest of Mexican students would speak Spanish, they would say, the teachers would say, you can't speak Mexican here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, even the teachers would say like, oh, why are you wearing that tank top? This is in Mexico, go back to Mexico. And that was so hurtful to me because I had never been to Mexico. I was born there, but I don't have any memories. I don't have any stories. I don't have anything. And they were just so quick to label me into this like brown girl that comes from Mexico and doesn't belong here. Um, when in reality, I grew up here. I grew up American. Um, so it's it was difficult because um, I was so used to my teachers here in school speaking both languages and embracing our culture versus over there being excluded from everything for being a brown girl. Mm -hmm. So okay, the same question for you, like how was your experience coming to you? Like you said, you were like, not to cut you on the spot or anything, but like you were older than I when you came here. So you have, I'm guessing you have had experiences or like your life in Mexico is totally different from here. So like for you, like especially how we like, how did you like your feelings and like your emotions coming in? Um, I will say when I was, when I moved here and yeah, and I first started to go to school, I did have my share of, uh, you know, like just uh, people being a little prejudiced, uh, making some, some racial comments about, hey, um, you know, like no speaking Spanish or, or anything of that nature, but um, throughout the years, you know, like as I've kind of like grown and just like Sahara, I grew up actually in Pilsen here too. Uh, went to Prince Royce High School and went to college here in Chicago, but I had the opportunity to also move to other cities like Minneapolis and Philadelphia. Um, so, you know, like uh, I think in everyone's experience, you know, every now and then you're just gonna experience those type of like people or comments that people are gonna be just prejudiced or say something about your, you know, the, the way that you speak, the way that you dress. So, um, but that's, of course, you know, that's, you just have to move forward. You cannot just let people or comments like that, like bring it down anyway. So that's been my experience. Okay, um, Zyra, what was the most difficult part of um, coming here to the United States? Like, I know you were young and stuff, mm -hmm. but like, 
like, like according to your parents, what mm -hmm. was like the most difficult part of coming to this country? Yeah, um, from what they've told me was um, it was difficult for them to find the money to pay the coyote to get us over here. Um, it was an easy process to cross over, like the their journey wasn't so difficult. Um, but once we got to, I think it was Texas or Arizona, I don't remember where they said, but um, there was a car that picked us up. But in that car, it was my parents, um, us, and then like two other families with their kids. So we were like bunched up from like Arizona all the way to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a two day journey, you know, and it was like a lot of people. In that middle car, right? I, I'm assuming, yeah. Right. Yeah, and then we actually got here on Fourth of July, which is a little ironic and you know weird. <laughs> yeah. So like now I'll always have like that story every time you know it's like the fourth. This is that's when we arrived. Mm -hmm. What about you? What is your the hardest part? Um, according to your parents, of like coming to this country. Um, I never really asked my parents what was the hardest part but i figured like when i was 12 i could tell that it was hard to leave our country you know because you know you grow up there you live there like most of your life uh, for them it was i'm sure it was definitely hard because you know uh unlike us uh when you're young you know uh when you come here you get to pick up the language easier right you get to learn english mm -hmm. for our parents it's a little more difficult but um i guess in my experience yeah for me it was definitely like the language barrier that i experienced in the first years of being here yeah. um you know communicating just understanding but uh again just being that young and just picking up everything uh, absorbing what it is to you know like interact and communicate with other people i think that's what helped me throughout the years but uh and i think same thing with my parents you know um they have like overcome a lot of obstacles in the years uh, and they have to like learn to just you know live here comfortably mm -hmm. um wait i heard that both of you guys uh, mentioned that you guys you know were learning english right mm -hmm. i want to know your steps into learning english like how like what was the steps you took to like start learning english and stuff because i know like learning new language is pretty hard yeah mm -hmm. i will say for me it was school um so for me i never really attended like any any like classes or programs like after school i think it was just my experience in school that helped me kind of like pick up the it took me a few years you know um but even college i think like once you enter like high school and college you get to articulate more on your language mm -hmm. skills you know um and of course i think you know like after that it's the work experience you know you get to like meet with many people in your field, uh, other fields, professionals. And I think the more you, you know, of course, the more you write, the more you read, it helps you more on your language mm -hmm. skills. Learning was, it took me a few years, but I never forgotten Spanish because I speak Spanish with my parents and my brothers. Well, my brother's Spanglish, my parents' Spanish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just, I mean, it's still, it goes, it will go on like for as long as we have it go on. But, um, yeah, I'm comfortable with, like with my Spanish, you know. Uh, I think that's what helps me in my current job, which is here at Gatsell Center, just, you know, communicate with families, communicate with students, communicate with, you know, professionals and leaders and, and all that sort. Um, 
yeah so I'm uncomfortable with that um my parents were super big on like you can only speak Spanish at home just so that we learn how to like speak it properly read write everything they made us they forced us even if we didn't want to we had to check out books in Spanish um so that helped me strength strengthen my Spanish and like be comfortable with that um as far as like English um my I did bilingual for like preschool and kindergarten and then after that my mom refused to put me in any bilingual classes it was all English so she was like um aquí aprendices español en la escuela inglés um and it worked you know now I'm fluent in both languages I can help out different you know cultures different people and be able to use that um it was difficult like in some cases like when i travel and like i'm in mexico because now my thoughts are in english so i have to like translate everything before i even spew it out you know so it's sometimes it's hard and i do get like tongue-tied and then sometimes like i say things in spanish when i mean to say it in english but now it's just became who i am i'm i'm spanglish i'm bilingual you know that and I embrace it. Too. Yeah. It's, uh... So, Sarah, what, what are your thoughts about like the crisis at the border or child immigration and like what uh, kids are going through right now as as we're speaking right now? Mm -hmm. um, it's like extremely heartbreaking. I hate watching the news. I hate seeing like articles online about these children being separated from their parents. Um, it's it's difficult to talk about because. Um, I feel like there's nothing that I can do to help them. And I wish there was like a lot more I could do. Um, I wish that they didn't have to go through that. And the process was like way easier for them to get refugee. Um, it's, the, it's, it's just sad. It's um, difficult. I just don't understand how like humans can put babies and just other humans through things like this. Um, I think as like a society, we need to do better. As human beings, we need to like take care of each other and help each other out instead of bringing each other down and oppressing others just because they're here to get help. Um, and it's just, it's horrible because a lot of these kids are never gonna be reunited with their parents again. And I can't imagine as a grown woman not being with my parents, not being able to hug them, not being able to tell them I love them, or not being able to see them again. You know, I just can't imagine what these kids are going through. And they're just alone and they're in these cages and they have no one because they're just being separated. And yeah, those are my thoughts. I just wish I could do more. So, um, Xavier, um, what is your opinion about, you know, everything that's going on, like these kids being separated from their parents, you know, the parents having to be, you know, sent back and, you know, the kids having to stay there and probably grow up, you know, without any family, you know, they, and they're going into like, you know, these foster homes where like, you know, the parents don't care about them and stuff, like they'll never get adopted, most likely. Um, well, this is certainly a very sensitive subject, you know, topic of conversation that must be talked about, must be addressed. Um, I think what's happening, crisis at the border is, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. It's, uh, it's, it's sad. It's, uh, it's really, 
rough to watch, to hear, to read about it. And, you know, uh, even though we, we, we feel like, you know, there's not much we can do. I think there's ways that we can advocate. Uh, we can, you know, make our voices be heard, you know, and then I think it's uh, one of the opportunities definitely through this podcast, you know, mm -hmm. uh, through, you know, advocating through communicating with, you know, um, with other people about it. Um, and I think our organization is doing a really good job at just bringing the word out, you know, just kind of like bringing you know, awareness. Correct. Bringing awareness, bringing awareness, you know, bringing the, the young kids, young youth to like learn about it, to be, you know, to be very uh, outspoken about it. Um, and, you know, there's, it's, there needs to be more change. There needs to be more steps, you know, coming from, uh, from our city leaders, state leaders, uh, community leaders to really make a change of, as, as to what's happening down there on the border, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it is a tough situation to, to watch, to hear, again, to read. Um, and, you know, like, I think the only thing we can do is just continue, continue to, to advocate for these kids and, and hoping, you know, that we can help them some way, somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, even though they're, like, thousands of miles away, of course, at the southern border, but we can still make a difference even from here. In this part of the episode, we have some of our teens interviewing each other and having conversations about the crisis at the border. Uh, hello, my name is Aldo de Paz. Uh, I have been with uh, Gad Civil Center for one year. This, I mean, like a month or two, because it's considered a year. It's my first time here. And uh, so I, I am from here. I was born here in America. Uh, but my, I have a, my older brother, who is 20, who is 20 years old, and my parents, uh, my mom and dad, uh, they have, all three of them have gone through the through this experience, and I just want to share a little bit with you guys about it. So they're, all three of them are from Toluca, Mexico. They have been there, and uh, some stories that they have told me are that it was it was pretty hard for them, because especially coming in with a child, because he, like my older brother immigrated uh, when he was like a couple months old. He wasn't even a year old, I don't think so. It was like six, seven months after he was born, like right away, exactly. they, they immigrated him. So uh, they were saying they were saying that it was pretty hard going through the the wall with him because just just because the fact that he is a kid, he's a baby, and like you can't really tell a baby, hey man, shut up, we we're gonna be quiet, we, we really we have to go here, we can't you can't be you can't be doing that, you can't really tell kids that. Uh, so she was saying that it was pretty hard because uh, he was making a lot of noise and it was like they they snuck him in into a car, all three of them. And like that, that he was making a lot of noise, that he was crying, and then like, and like it was worse because like they all had to be quiet. Uh, so they were telling me that it was pretty rough going through that, but luckily they have made it. And like, so I was like shocked when Zyra, you you said that you came in with you and your uh, older sister. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. Man. Like it must have been hard. So yeah, that that was a little bit of that. It was they were saying that it was pretty hard getting the money for the for the. Uh, El Coyote, that they they came here for a reason. That reason was because to get a better life and like to get to make money. So like the fact that they had to pay like pocket cash mm -hmm. was pretty rough for them because they were like barely making any money for them to survive. And like now they have to pull out this amount of money just to come to this place. 
uh, they were saying that it was pretty hard and my dad had to work like two, three jobs at one time, which was crazy. And like, I gave my respect all to him because uh, I don't even know what one job, like what, how hard one job is to keep. And like, he was doing all three. That's like, dang, that's a lot. It's a lot of jobs for you to do. So, so yeah, they were saying it was pretty hard to get the money. That coming over here when, so we had some family over here already. So when they came, cause they, they, their plan wasn't just like for them to come right away with like a newborn and just them. Cause like they were, they were thinking like, what, what are we going to do? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? So like, uh, luckily my uncle was the one that came first here. So my uncles, it was like two of them who came here first and they were, they just started working and work so they could get, so they could, uh, get, a so they could get like an apartment or like somewhere to stay or like at least to maintain food. So like when my parents came and when my younger, when my older brother came here, they were all like already prepared. Like they already had somewhere to live. They already had like food, they already had like money. So when, when all three of them started working, it was a little bit easier for them that way. So yeah, that's pretty much my story. My name is Yusuke Sandoval. I've been in GADS for over a month. It's my first time here. And uh, my my mom she she came to uh, she came to um, the United States um, when she was still in in college and she she rented an apartment and what she, the stuff that she told me that she the only thing, the only stuff that she um, ate for the first few weeks was like um I think Doritos and water and um, you know she was struggling she worked her way um, to get you know she she had a job at a um, what's it called like a, a phone service company. I don't remember what, what it's what it was called, but yeah, it was like a phone service company. She met my dad, they they dated, they um they had me and, and you know that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so um so like as of right now, like like any new ones, not really. But like uh I don't really remember this time, but like my family has said I was born already, I was like three or four. We were at uh, uh, and an Aldi shopping. So it was like it was. I believe it was me. Uh, my little brother wasn't born yet. It was me, uh, my older brother, my dad, and mom. And then there was there was this person. There was this uh, uh, white old man who was uh, discriminating against them because they were my uh, they, my brother. My older brother was like getting the food and like he just like saw him and like he just started like getting all angry and he was saying, "Oh, we hate you guys." Go back to your country. You guys are the ones that mess up this uh, this country. Nobody likes you guys. What Mexicans? You guys are mother effers. All like all this like bad stuff against us. So it just like makes me feel bad. Like cause like as a kid, I I really I was there, but like I didn't really understand this because again I'm I was just like a blind old small kid. I you don't really get these things when you're when you're young when you're like four or five. What do you know about life? What do you know about what these, what this old man is telling you, like, like you don't really understand nothing. So that was just like a, one experience that like my family has shared with me that happened to us, which is really sad that it has happened to me. So honestly, my take on this is that we, we see a certain race and as what we have experienced. So like I said, everyone in this world is not perfect. So like we aren't perfect. Nobody is perfect in this world. So of course we have to create some kind of bad things and some good. So for me, I think it's it, people bring in good stuff, but then they also bring in bad stuff. I say bad stuff because you you really don't know. You really don't know what people have sneaked in other than us. Because imagine if like 
they were able to sneak in a whole person or families. Like Zyra said, three families. Imagine what else they could sneak. They could sneak in drugs. They could sneak in drugs, guns. They could sneak in any other thing that is way, way, way more small and way easier to sneak into this country than a human being. But then again, I'm not saying everyone is doing this because, for example, like everyone in this room has had some connection to crossing the border or their family uh, uh, migrating into America, which is crazy because, like, we we don't we our intentions aren't to bring in drugs or illegal substances, guns or any other things like that. We're just trying to live a good life and get a good future for our kids and like have a better life than what we had in our past. Well, for me, it honestly depends, like, the, the kind of person that's, called, that's coming into this country because, um, because, like, some, like, you know, most of the time it's going to be families and stuff, you know, but other times it, it could be, like, a criminal that's trying to escape, like, the cop, like, the Mexican police force and stuff. So, like, in my opinion, like, I think, you know, you kind of, you know, like, the, you know, the United States kind of have to be smart about it, too, because, like, you can't just, you know, arrest you know like a bunch of you know, like you know immigrants so like you know like you know like with my idea just like make sure like you're doing like you like make sure like have like them to go on lines you know make them to reach like search their bags and stuff make sure they don't have anything um because you know like what they're doing right now is not a isn't isn't really like that much of a good idea like it's sad because people come to this country thinking that this is like you know a good country it's a rich country but in reality this country's corrupted it's filled with hatred and stuff you know so like that's what you know that's why you know some people that that were from this country moved away to like even you know better countries and so like this like i will say this, this country is supportive but it, you know sometimes they can be supportive in the wrong way and you know or they could just they, they're just not supportive at all in my opinion i think they should like if you know, we come, if, like, immigrants come here to, like, you know, work, be, you know, try to be, like, actual, like, to work, if they're, you know, working to be citizens, which, you know, I bet most of them are trying to, then, yeah, they, they should have the right to, you know, they should have the right to vote, they have the right to, you know, you know, pay taxes, because, you know, they're trying, like, that's the whole point of coming here, because they want to be citizens, they want to, you know, have jobs, they want to have, you know, they want to survive in this world, you know? Honestly, I think they should at least have a chance to do it because I'm not saying everyone should have a chance, although it kind of sounds like messed up, but like there's a lot of people who um, who are who are evil. Like they're just trying to trying to come in because like like I said, we're not perfect. They, there are some immigrants who are coming here for the bad ways, for the wrong ways to to they're coming here for drugs, coming to like to exchange drugs, to make evil businesses, bad businesses, like just all those evil and bad vibes. So that's what I'm saying to give at least most of people who have a clean record and have like or are trying to persevere and come into this to America for like a good cause to like at least have one chance, minimum like at least one chance. Cause a lot, there's a lot of people who don't even want to give them a chance. But like in my opinion, I think they should at least get at least, at least one chance to to for them to actually persevere and get this because they have came all this way and all of their hardships just to come and get like at least one chance for them not even to get that. I think it, it you know it, it affects the country in a positive way because 
because first of all this country you know this country is you know mostly just like a bunch of like you know people from like different countries like like there sure aren't the native americans here but it's you know mainly like a bunch of you know people from other countries so like it's a it's a, it's, a, it's affected the country in a good way because you know all these like cultures have become one nation you know it's good to learn like about people's culture where they come from to you know, better understand them to you know build like you know that friendship bond because to build like you know like friendships bonds with people to keep people to trust you you know it's good and you know who knows you may you know like to study there you might you might want to become like a latin or um russian historian you know you never know uh honestly i feel like it, it makes it better because it kind of like spices it up a little bit because like i know like a lot of my like i have white friends i have black friends i have like all from like different types of friends and like they'd be like damn you got the best food tacos tamales enchiladas and i'm like yeah man it's bomb and, like i know like other foods that like if it wasn't for this diversity i would have like probably never liked there's like asian food they're like chinese food it's so like that food is so good and like if there wasn't diversity i would have probably like not even know that so like i like it because it gives it gives us like this place where it's not just focused on one single culture it's more like of different cultures like in schools we we don't just learn about america's history we learn about independence day cinco de mayo we learned about different different types of wars and like not just from america which is like i like it because it's cool because like it's like a little bit of everything it's not like it's not just all boring and like burgers hot dogs mm -hmm. and like you can find like you go to a corner there's like chinese food or like another corner there's mexican food fruits different types of uh, food here which is like i like it it makes it a little bit better i don't think that should happen just because it's like if we told you like you hey you can't just because you go to a certain place to for a vacation and you can't be talking this language here this is mexican territory you can't be doing that I don't think that should be fair just because it's like we have said it's really hard for someone to learn the new language and like just imagining Mexican people or like different types of people who have come into this country to have to forget about the language and learn this totally new different language. I don't think that that should be fair and that should be a thing, uh, a law that should be inputted. I uh, yeah, so I feel like that shouldn't be like something like a uh, something that you need to have. I mean, I don't think that you should be required. I feel like that's like something that, you know, that you should decide, you know, like, you know, there was like, cause I know that first of all, it won't be unfair. Cause I know that there's like a bunch of Americans that only know English. So why should we have to know English? But you guys don't, but you guys, you know, don't want to even bother to learn any other language. Um, but like, I like it. Yeah. I do feel like it's good for you to learn another language. Cause you know, not everyone's going to speak well, just one language but like you shouldn't be required to I didn't like i didn't like speaking spanish back then until i realized i should be proud of my language because like not a lot of people know spanish like for me like i used to like not like speaking spanish because i used to i used to at home before i i was going to school like and when i was going to like uh, El Valor or, or stuff like that. I used to like just speak Spanish, 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 Spanish. I never got taught this English language. But as soon as I got into kindergarten, preschool, that's when it started hitting me. Because I went to a private school. It's like some palaces, like right there. And like right there, we only speak, spoke English. So like there, I just started speaking English and English and developing that English that I started forgetting about that Spanish 
language and like i didn't really like speaking it because like all my friends would like speak english and like nobody really spoke spanish where i used to go like there was like zero spanish there we all just spoke english so like i started forgetting that and like getting ashamed of that uh, i would like think people oh i shouldn't speak that because people are going to judge me but like like i started like two three years ago i started being like nah that's why should i be ashamed of that i should be proud i could speak that that's a flex i could be like hey man i got two i, I know two languages i'm bilingual don't no you're not on my level I, I know these other languages. So like I started becoming proud of that and like realizing that not all the people, not every person in this world has that luxury to speak more than one language, which is crazy to me because I didn't I didn't think it that way. I used to think nah I don't I'm not gonna speak that. But as as soon as I started getting like these white friends or like these African American friends and all these different friends, they only spoke one language. I was like, dang man, you lame. You only know this language. I know two. So I started being like, dang, that's like, I'm so happy I know these two. And like, I started speaking it more and more outside home and I got more comfortable. comfortable. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you tune in for the next one.